Hey everyone, welcome to our next episode of Behind the Scenes of our best days. It's my name is John. My name is Arvin, and this is season four. And we are—I uh, don't know where we'll put this episode. We're doing them out of order this season, just because we want to build a specific order as we put them out. Yes, um, our steps are ordered. Um, That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anyways, well, hey, this is okay. So I do have something that. So I help serve within this school. Yeah. And I am on a group message with, um, I'm on multiple group messages. So I help coach um, within our school. And I'm just the strength coach. And I work with fifth grade students through 12th grade students. And then certain sport coaches have added me on their group meet ah. between their players, their parents, and coaches and they just added me that way if i need to tell them like hey guys drink yeah. more water yeah you know nutrition stuff or if yeah. they have questions on hey what are they working out today because right. so and so has a hurt ankle and i don't want him to train and da, da, da. Mm -hmm. so anyways but it has been very unique to me of um just within the last few months i've the how many parents are involved on this group message now here's the thing some of you who are listening and watching, you may be a parent on a group message and you are the person who messages multiple times throughout the day as other people have things to do and your phone is going ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And when I look, it's like this, this individual, this, I'm, I'm changing names to protect people, yeah. but they go, um, uh, Axel, that's, that's like the name of a dog. They go, um, <laughs> Axel is not able to be at school today or be at practice. Last night he had a cough. This morning he felt nauseous. And so I'm keeping him home. And things like this happen very consistently. And in my mind, I'm like, this bro is playing you, mom. Yeah. Kids are smart. They're staying home. <laughs> yeah. Acting nauseous. Yeah. And you're wanting to make it easy yeah. on your little mighty man. It's just Ferris Bueller over again. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like in... in, in <laughs> So anyways, this is behind the scenes of our best days, the podcast. We basically talk about the behind the scenes stuff yeah. of Victory Church. We have five entities, but I, I just want to for a second just talk about the behind the scenes of your kid. If you're a parent, <laughs> FYI, your kid knows what's up and they also know how to manipulate you and they know how to play on your emotions. Don't be fooled. All right. You yeah. can never go wrong. For like, if I, I know people are like, well, I don't want to be hard on my kids. I don't want to crush their spirit. Mm -hmm. You have kids have to be formed and shaped. You can't just allow them mm. to do certain. Th Anyways, yeah. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Maybe not. Maybe I, I should. <laughs> Maybe stay that's on this, this episode. Maybe that's what Maybe this episode this, okay, is. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is going to result back uh, and, and we're going to go on a long rabbit trail. But here's the whole point. Easy has a cost. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. Easy has so a good. cost. Yeah. Okay. Life. The, and, and I wrote this down. Okay. Yeah, this is All good. Right. It, life gets harder when you try to make things easy. Mm -hmm. Not just for your kids, but for yourself. When mm -hmm. you try to make things easy, exercising is hard. But never moving makes things harder. Way harder. Yeah. Uncomfortable conversations are hard. Mm -hmm. But avoiding every conflict is harder. Yeah. Mastering your craft that yeah. you're currently doing. Mastering your craft is hard. But having no skill is is harder easy 
has a cost. And the cost is it's going to cost you more down the road mm-hmm. of more anxiety and pain. And if you don't just face the music yeah. and you just do the hard thing. Right. And, 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 and I'm also going to right now, I'm going to talk to all the dudes, any men, whether you are nine years old or 90. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or 109. Yeah. If there's a 109 yeah. year old, let thank you know. so much. Yes. Yeah. Please let us know. <laughs> um, but if you want to kill a man's spirit, remove all struggle and difficulty from right, his life. Right, right, right. Remove it. Yeah. If you want to see yeah. a generation that is soft, remove struggle, and you will see people that are living off of, and here's the thing, prescriptions are not bad. But if your life, if you need them to, to live and operate, I believe in medical mm-hmm. doctors. I believe in prescriptions. I've taken them. Yeah. I try to get off because anything that I'm dependent on, yeah. it, it, is, it is taking away the manhood. Mm-hmm. We were created in God's image. And sometimes I, I, in, in there is this, um, there is a, a spirit of pansy. Um, (laughs) that has consumed specifically men who call themselves believers. Interesting. Um, there, there are people who call themselves believers and I'm like, I think, and, and whenever they're, they're coming to me with their difficulties and issues, I think, you know what? I think you need to build something. Mm -hmm. If you're unhappy, build something Mm -hmm. because then your energy will be struggle makes you alive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if a man who has nothing to conquer is is a man who has nothing left to live for, mm. a life free of struggle and difficulty is a life free of purpose and fulfillment. Yeah. And so anyways, I know that sounds pretty intense. You're like, dang, you started off really hard. Yeah. But the, I believe it so much to where it's not just something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. It is a conviction. And I only am saying this because I'm working with fifth and sixth grade boys now. Wow, yeah. And you see boys that have come from within our, with, we, we have a Christian school here and it is a unique, um, it's, it's a unique melting pot because at this Christian school, we actually can't, we, we can't scholarship a student. We can't pay for their full tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can go to open house and they can get partial tuitions, but you know, if you're a kid here, you have to pay. At yeah. the end of the day, parents are paying. Now, we're not the most expensive Christian school. We're not right. the most expensive private school in our area. We're also not the least expensive. We're a little bit uh, below average on the price range. Yeah. Not not on what we offer. What we offer is very excellent. Yeah. But on the price range, we're a little bit below of what a medium would. So you have people, you have single parent moms that work three jobs to put their son in this school Mm -hmm. and then you have a millionaire who it's it's, i mean it's not difficult for their kid for them to pay for their kid to go here you have both of those kids in the same classroom together um now neither one of them are at fault for their home or the situation they were born into um because but at the end of the day you start to see what boys are made of and where they look to for their identity whenever they're being pushed whenever mm. they're so my job is yeah. i'm i'm more consistency i don't get in there and run a boot camp not mm-hmm. for 5th and 6th graders mm-hmm. not even for 7th and 8th graders i i literally train them twice sometimes three times a week yeah. and it's about consistency yeah. it's about form i'm not a taskmaster mm-hmm. it is more so just for them to build their confidence yeah but you begin to see 
certain things that have not been awakened in these boys. Mm -hmm. The awakening of the masculine spirit, the masculine side of God. I believe God is, now, I believe in mental health. I've been, I've stayed in a, um, I've stayed in a mental institution uh, three different times in my life and it changed my life, you know? And so I understand that people's emotions and feelings need to be taken care of. There's a feminine side of God, Mm -hmm. but I mean, Proverbs, Proverbs is wisdom is written (laughs) as a woman, right? But at the end of the day, you know, God it man is made in God's image. Mm-hmm. And so there is a masculine side to God. Right. And it's not toxic masculinity. I'm not talking about, hey, bro, like pledge to our frat. That's not yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I am talking about being able to do hard things and and really dig down deep and find out who you are right. as a man. Mm-hmm. Every boy is a man in the making. Every mm-hmm. boy that I see um, is a, a future dad, a future mm-hmm. husband, a future mm-hmm. uncle. Yeah. Um, you know, whether yeah. you, and not everyone is called to be a CEO, but everyone is called mm-hmm. to be a leader in their life. Yeah. And so anyways, I know that I, and Arvin, I want you to share on this, but looking at behind the scenes yeah. of what we call, and, and some of you who are listening and watching, you may not, maybe, maybe at one point you were in church, maybe now you're no longer in it. Um, this is something that I think is just a, a certain message that, that should go to every guy, mm-hmm. even if you're not a believer, yeah. is that there is a version of you as a man that you've mm-hmm. never met yet. Mm-hmm. And it's on the other side of hard. That's right. Yeah. But even the hard is, it's not like a capital H hard because right. what's really hard is the long term. You were talking about this yesterday and it really impacted me because, uh, like you said, the cost of easy the cost of simple the cost of convenient is like a lot of difficult a lot of not so simple a lot of complicated so yeah i think about um when god made adam he gave him a job to do and it wasn't the consequence of sin i'm not saying that i i think everyone should work a nine to five all the time i'm not really saying that but there's something innately even like um the other day i i noticed i felt very lethargic the whole day and um, like at four in the afternoon, I was like, what? what's going on? Like, I thought I slept enough. I thought I've eaten enough. And then it struck me that I, I did miss my workout that morning. So I go to the gym that afternoon, despite the fact that I honestly wanted to just go home and watch TV the rest of the evening. Um, but I went to the gym regardless as a habit. Like, this is just what I do. This is part of my who I am. And I walked out of that gym at like 6 p.m., so elated. I had all these endorphins and it struck me that like even outside of if thankfully we love having spiritual conversations, but even outside of those, just the human body, the impact of moving around. I know people in their 60s who um, because of the way they eat, because of the way they move around and exercise, they aren't feeling aches and pains. They're not worried about like the next 20 years of their life. And then I know 30 year olds who are constantly sick And I'm not saying anyone who gets sick is because that's their own fault. There's a lot of things going on out there. But I know people who grew up uh, doing nothing and uh, everything was sort of catered to them. And then we also have a culture that basically says uh, if you have to work hard at something, it's because you're dumb. 
It's because yeah. you, you haven't earned the right. Yeah, hold for on. Easy. What is that? It's just I, I. I mean, I'm sure we can find some weird demonic thing about it. I, I think the enemy wants you to feel like, uh, hey, if you were who you really should be, things would be easy for you. And we have this strange projection. It's a strange amnesia. We forget that like every single person, especially if you're raised in a Christian context, every single person uh, in Scripture had a very difficult time, despite the fact that God moved miraculously. Yeah, like there were supernatural, like yeah. just think the Bible stories, there were supernatural things that happened in Joseph's life. Right. But like the dude was in a pit. It was tough. He was in a prison. Right. And then, yeah. you know, we talked about this yesterday, was that Joseph, there were still things that needed to be removed from Joseph in the prison. Absolutely. Because if not... Yeah. And now, okay, again, those of you who are theologians, if you think I'm taking the Bible out of context, I very well could be. All right. I'm open to arguments. All right. Sure. So, but think about it. Joseph, he foretold, so he told um, someone what their dream meant. Yeah. In, in prison. Yeah. That person said, oh my goodness, thank you. Right. I am being freed and I'm going to remember you. Right. Well, then he forgot Joseph. Yeah. And it wasn't until two, two years, years later, yeah. whenever he remembered, oh, there's a dude in a prison who oh, yeah. tells, <laughs> who like prophesies what a dream is yeah. and the king is having is- issues. Yeah. I should tell him about that guy I forgot about. Yeah. Wh- what happened within those two years? I'm sure there were still things that God was building in Joseph. I'm sure. So. The point is, is that God takes hard and difficult things. It literally says in James, consider it pure joy. Yeah. When you. When you go through trials. Because yeah. it is producing. Yeah. Endurance. It, it's producing perseverance. Yeah. So here's the thing. Some of us have a difficulty with perseverance. It's because we've been negating the trials. Yeah. Because the trials are the very thing yeah. that produces yeah. what we need for the long haul. Absolutely. So if you want to do this for the long haul, not that I say welcome bad things. That's not it. No, sure. I'm just saying welcome God into the bad things. Yeah. And the only way through something is, is through, through it. it yeah absolutely and so consider it because god is perfecting something in you yeah so within these hard times i know for me whenever and i know people have been through much worse things than i have been as an individual but i feel closer to god in those moments right when i'm struggling right than I would if things were easy. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. it's it's making me learn a different version of who I am. Yeah. A different version of like the the great thing of the cool thing about God is God has so many names. Yeah. Like I have I have experienced Jehovah Jireh mm-hmm. in my life yeah. whenever I was looking for a home because there I, I was looking for a home. There's no way I was gonna get it. Financially I wasn't and I got it and I was like, this is the side of God who's my provider. Yeah. There's also a side of God who is, um, you know, my my portion. Mm-hmm. There is also a side of God, and he's got different names in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the great thing is, is for the rest of your life, there are so many different sides of God that you can spend the rest of your life getting to know. Yeah. But it's got to be through unique and different trials and tribulations and problems. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, I've, I've noticed it even in myself where I grew up with... Uh, parents were all immigrants and so they were eager 
out of love for us to give us the best kind of life we could have. Mm. And uh, a lot of times my mom understanding that, like, I want my son to get an education. I want him to live the best life. I didn't really. This sounds terrible. People are going to be like, you're complaining about that. Um, I wasn't allowed to do chores. My mom, I was like, can I do the dishes? Because I would see it like on Disney Channel or take the trash out. (laughs) And my mom was like, how about you get straight A's and I'll take care of everything else. And despite, I mean, obviously her intentions were so beautiful and pure to like make sure I got an education. And I did. But then as I grew up, I thought it it struck me at times. Is it because I'm weak? Does she secretly know that I don't have what it takes? Mm. That's that masculine question of like, can I can I be a fully functioning adult? And so my early 20s were me trying to figure that out. And I think a lot of people grow up that way, whether or not their parents make them do chores. They, they grow up with this question, and I think it includes women as well, where it's like, uh, do your parents trust you to be an adult? Mm. And uh, if they don't, they're not going to tell you. They might just do stuff for you. Now, the parent might say, and I'm not a parent, so I can't say this confidently, but my assumption based on conversations I've had, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they just want their kid to have the best life imaginable. Right, and it's, and it's not... It doesn't come from a bad place, but sometimes the worst things in our life come from great motives. Great motives. But that's not, <laughs> if you notice scripturally, that's not how God parents people. Ooh. Like I do know that. That's that so part good. Hold on, well. hold on, hold on. I hope everyone just heard what Arvin said. Yeah. That's not how God parents people. That's right. How does God parent people? I mean, I, I mean, if we approach it scientifically, there was a, a book called Grit a few years ago. Angela yeah. Duckworth is a psychologist. She wrote about this. And it gets back to the answer to your question, I promise. Um, but she said that in order for children to grow up and become the most actualized version of themselves, like really whole and well-rounded, <clears throat> excuse me, they need a lot of difficulty in the right categories. There are certain mm. things that... that, that it's crushing to a human soul. If the if a child grows up without a stable home environment with parents, if a child grows up without being fed every day right. and like told that they are valuable and loved, that's not the kind of grit you want to develop. It's going to create some weird trauma issues with you and you need to hopefully get therapy and, and find resolutions for that. But if it's almost just as bad, she says, it's almost just as bad if everything is taken care of for that child. Because then when something becomes difficult at 18 or 21, they will misinterpret what it means that it's difficult. So God will allow the right kind of difficulty difficulty because you're a strength and conditioning coach. God will do that for a person's soul being like, you'll look at a football player and go here. I know what football will demand of your body. So let's prepare you incrementally to where when you're on the football field, like you said the other day, your, your students were not cramping up during their game. Yeah. That's because they were trained well beforehand. And so I know enough about God. There's a lot I don't know about God. I'd like to know, but I know enough about God to know that he will prepare your soul so that when a battle is happening for territory, for God's kingdom on the earth, for your own well-being, for your relationships, for everything, there will always be difficult elements there. He will prepare you so that not only are you not cramping while it's happening, but you actually enjoy it. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I'm very grateful for, you know, with with, with all of this. I, and I know some of you guys listening and watching, you can probably be you can probably start thinking of stories in your mind that have really 
um, that you probably don't regret happening to you right. because it's made you who you are. 100%. And so yeah. if you're listening to this, you have a behind the scenes of your best days. Right. Like every single one of you could probably do a podcast about the behind the scenes of your life. For sure. Because people don't always look like what they've been through mm -hmm. and you don't look like what you've been through. I want people, I don't want to wear the things that I've been through. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's through the grace of God. That's through renewing our mind with the, with the word of God. That's through being in God's presence and, you know, and of, and, and sleeping and exercising and sure, drinking sure, water, sure. the yeah, practical yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so, okay. Story. This is, I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to, it may seem like a stretch, but I'm going to see if this makes sense. So my dad, me and Paul were like hustle basketball players. We weren't good. Yeah. Paul was better than me. But at that point in time, the basketball team for our school that we were playing at was very good. And I was like, I just had to understand I wasn't going to see the court. <laughs> and I should just focus on like football. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I had no issues. I was a water boy. Right. Um, and nice. I like made it fun. Yeah. But my dad, who grew up playing sports, um, who founded Victory, he really wanted us to be great at basketball. Yeah. And I was like, I remember having a light, like a level headed conversation with my dad at seventh grade. I was <laughs> like, dad, um, this ain't working out Yeah, because there is the school team. And then I got put on a champions team and a champions <laughs> is basically a YMCA team that they did for like the one team and yeah. the two team. And we looked like, you know, the little giants yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, the mighty, the ducks. mighty ducks. Like it was yeah. just rough. <laughs> You know, we had like tape around the our shoes. The, uh, yeah, the almighty. <laughs> you know, and I was like, hey, I just don't know if it's in the cards, but I'm still going to work hard. But my dad was like, hey, I really want us. I, I really want us to whenever we have people over to house, I want to build a basketball court in our backyard. Whoa. Yeah. So my dad started building. He, he just was like, let's look into it. Basketball court in our backyard simultaneously guys listen to this simultaneously our neighbor and they were a hockey family he saw us and he goes we're gonna do it too and and he was kind of a one-upper guy <laughs> which is very funny love that guy you love that guy love that his guy. kids were like dad why are we building a basketball court and he was like well we'll use it for hockey roller hockey but we're yeah. uh, we're putting in a court so anyways well both of us were building a basketball court at the same time. Literally the only thing, like I could look through the fence and their construction people were doing it at the same time as our construction yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And so one thing that our construction people said is, Hey, you need to crown the middle of your basketball court, which means when, when that means crown is you elevate hmm. the concrete in the very middle of the basketball court. So when it rains, the water runs off the court. Oh, interesting. Because when the water sits, the concrete cracks over time. Interesting. Wow. So they said that and they said, but if it runs off the side, it'll it'll form like um like a mudslide. So you actually before we start, they laid the foundation. They're like, before you start, you're actually gonna need to build a mound. So you're gonna need to like Hmm. build up the dirt and level out this basketball court to where it's kind of like on a small hill. Interesting. Because it was flat. Yeah. And so my dad was like, well, we did not um, financially, you know, get ready for to build a hill. Sure. 
And my dad was like, John will build it. Nice. And I was a freshman in high school. And I was like, dad, I'm, I'm not even going to be good at basketball. And yeah. he was like, John, build the hill. And so anyways, simultaneously, my dad, it, it was very like, like home improvement. Our neighbor climbs on top. He peeks his head over the fence and he goes, what are you guys doing? And my dad says, we're building a hill. So that way, you know, the rain, when it runs off, it runs off down the hill. And the guy was like, that's a waste of time. And he was like, that costs like another $1,500. And my dad goes, well, John is doing it. And I was like, yeah, and he's not paying me either. And he's like, ooh, ha, 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 he, he, he. And so anyways, so the neighbor, <laughs> that's how the neighbor left. And the neighbor was like, well, that's dumb. And he was like, and my dad was like, are you guys going to do it? And he goes, no. And he was just like, um, hmm. I feel like we'll be fine. So their basketball court was flat. Yeah. And it looked the exact same as ours. Interesting. And during that time, I remember building the hill, and I built the hill, and then they laid. Now, we had to lay our concrete later than theirs. They got their court first. Wow. And it was a thing. He came over, and he was like, hey, our court is done before y'all's. Yeah. And my dad was like, yeah, we're just not done with the hill. Yeah. You know? So then I laid sod on the hill, you know, and I was kind of like, man, this... I remember being out there at like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at night and my dad setting up a flashlight and being like, all right, are you almost done? <laughs> Anyways, and I was like, I, I remember hating it. Two years later, you know, weather happens. Yeah. Two years later, yeah. um, it's exactly what they said. Rain, wow. snow, all of those things yeah. come to our court and it runs off the hill. Yeah. Like, my that basketball court is still at my mom's house. Yeah. You can still play on it. Yeah. It's it looks like it it did the day one. That's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. Our neighbors have four cracks. Wow. In their basketball court. Wow. 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 Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. And it was that it was well right now mm -hmm. it's too expensive to build the hill. Hmm. Right now it's too hard to build the hill. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it again. Easy has a cost. Absolutely. Easy has a cost because at a certain point, you're going to experience rain. And when rain sits over time, you're going to crack. Yeah. Unless if you have built up that hill around yeah. you. Wow. I'm talking an allegory right now no, and allowing good. it to run off. That's good. All right. Because over time, you're going to have to allow things to run off. Yeah. And that is an infrastructure mm -hmm. that is only built through difficult that is only built through hard yeah. that is only built over time absolutely and you may you may not have your court finished when other people do yeah but you're gonna last longer absolutely so anyway wow. so thinking through behind the scenes of our best days where, where we are at right now is i wish we could show you our office we have how many pages are up there on the wall Probably 23. So there's 23 pages of our Christmas production outline. We're right now working on our Christmas production script yeah. and finishing up our fall film. Um, this is in August of 2022. Right yeah. now is where we're recording this. Yeah. And as I'm looking at it, we have put in more effort and, For sure. and thought and doing yeah. difficult things early now. Yeah. That we haven't done in the past. Sure. We've probably um, pushed things off in the past. Yeah. But it was kind of like, okay, this is not going to get any easier. We might as well mm -hmm. just face it now. Right. And get after it. So where yeah. do you see this translating yeah. into work as far as like yeah, of course. facing the difficult now? Yeah. I mean, what was important back in the day 
the first time that this story of Christmas was told revolutions like when you know what I mean like when you're uh, when I was in the fourth grade and I played basketball they weren't telling me like intricate defensive tactics and how to get the ball yeah. away. they were like make sure that you're here when the other team comes down the court like fundamentals, yeah, fundamentals. basic stuff obviously as you get older whether it's sports or your professional field whatever it is uh, that's the right time so I think it was important that there were consistent years where there was just revolutions just keep showing up just keep doing a Christmas show keep doing an Easter show and then finally it felt like and I'm not saying this wasn't my decision obviously then it felt like the Lord had led victory uh, yourself Pastor Paul Pastor Ashley to include a fall production yeah and it was like hey you're able to carry Christmas and Easter with excellence your muscle looks like it's time to include more and then uh, when I got to the privilege of becoming involved we started to get even more minute in the details of things and our conversations were no longer just about hey there's a gonna be a show and it's gonna be fun and entertaining and deep now it was like does every single line of dialogue in this scene affirm the overarching story without being on the nose and cheesy so that's an intricate question you couldn't ask in 2015 that we asked in 2019 and then uh here we are three years later and now we're not just talking about every line of dialogue we're talking about like the texture of the color grading we're talking about the tone of the music we're getting into the minutia the, the, the very detailed ingredients because when you go to like a really, really expensive, nice restaurant, they don't have like food that you've never heard of. It's food that you've heard of prepared in a very specific way that makes it taste unheard of. Mm, and so that's true. That's what right now we have every piece of that's paper up on the board. And it's a chart of like, where is this scene going to take people emotionally? Where is the story going to take them in their mind? At what point do we want to remind them of the trauma from their childhood? Because we're going to have to do that. This is the gospel we're talking about. So all that to say, uh, as we incrementally get better, we keep adding on more growth, more weight. And I feel like it'll be a devastating time in my life if I ever decide like, you know what, I'm going to stop adding growth. I'm going to stop yeah. getting better. I think I'm going to coast and that's what happens to a lot of people who uh, we love Curb Your Enthusiasm, but that's essentially the, the story of the fictional Larry David in that show. Yeah, it's a it's a funny TV show on HBO. Yeah, and Curb I can't condone the, the content, obviously, but it's essentially a guy who he plays a version of himself who made Seinfeld. He's got nine hundred million dollars in the bank. He's and a he's rich, over, older guy and he's just over it. And, and he doesn't really have much struggle left. There's to, no struggle. There's so no struggle. Here's what's interesting. He creates struggle in yes. every episode. And that's what yeah. makes it funny. It's hilarious. Because you're like, yeah. this guy is just a rich guy. Yeah. Um, and he has the most awful, awkward yeah. scenarios. Yeah. But he puts himself in them. 100%. Why yeah. does he put himself in them? Because he's just a neurotic person. I, guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're made for struggle. You're made to like consistently be able to overcome. That's what, what scripture says. We go from faith to faith and glory to glory while we're on earth. Yeah, that's that's kind of the game. Yeah, that's what it is. But uh, in that case, he's just he creates a struggle out of like nothing. He'll sit there at a restaurant <laughs> yeah. with and it was funny is like. If you look at an overarching, they just announced season 12. If you look at the overarching storyline, even though it's just silly and fun for 30 minutes each episode, this guy starts out 
uh, in a certain relationships with his in his life, by the end of it, he's getting lonelier and lonelier. It doesn't ever like address that. But you just notice that like as seasons go on, he's lonely. He even yeah. has his friend come live with him. And it's like, whoa, OK. And, yeah. and then it, obviously it's just comedic. But like that's how he chooses to live. And everything becomes the worst. And he, you know, like in the most season 11, I'll wrap it up here. I don't want to just talk about a commentary of Larry David, but <laughs> in the very re most recent season, there's like one difficult conversation he needs to have with an actor that he's hiring for a show. He doesn't want to have a difficult conversation. So the entire season is him trying to organize and manipulate and finagle all these other people so he can eventually get what he wants at the very, very last episode. And it's hysterical, but it's a commentary on the modern life people are trying to live, mm. which is like, I won't do the, the short term difficult thing which I seem to don't understand that uh, that is long-term difficult. Yeah. Short-term easy is long-term difficult and short-term difficult is long-term easy. Yeah. So. No, that's so good. If you cut corners, you'll be out of shape. <laughs> Come on. That was good. Okay. That was dumb. No, I love it. It's okay, true. You're good. It's true. It's Just really remember fun. that cutting yeah. corners leaves you out of, out shape. of shape. That's good stuff. Well, hey, thank you so much Appreciate for it. tuning in and watching and listening to Behind the Scenes of Our, of our best, best Days. We love you. See you next time. See you next time.